Hello everyone and welcome to our podcast on family migration. My name is Tiznima and I will be talking about pull factors for family migration. To my left we have... I'm Naima and I will be talking about women migrating with their partners and families within family migration and refugee f- um, family migration. Hi, my name is Naima too. Yes, there's two Naimas in the podcast. Um, I'll be talking about women and migration, how... Women have different experiences and expectations. And hi, my name is Mahima. Um, I'm going to be talking about my own experiences of family migration and how my granddad's migration here has shaped the way our family life is today. So, um, Naima, what have you found out about women migration with their partners and families with family migration? I've found that women's position within the labour market are greatly affected impacted by family migration patterns. According to the research by Boyle et al, within heterosexual relationships, migrant women are less likely to have employment than non-migrant women in the US and England. Also, women who have migrated with their spouses are more susceptible to this consequence because if the couples have children, the women's priorities are more prone to shift towards the male's profession as the breadwinner which means these women aren't acting as rational actors, like the neoclassical theory said. However, I can understand migrating itself is an active process, which requires a great deal of change and adaptation to a new context. Therefore, when women migrate with their partners, they experience this as well. Truly, it depends on power relations in the couple, if they are passive or not in the decision-making process. I also found that from Bonnie and Love, where they stated there may not be much of a detrimental impact of family migration on a woman's labour force participation. Clark and Withers also found that while while family movement hinders women's ability to participate in the labour force, for most female migrants, this effect is temporary. And I do agree with this standpoint, as after migrating, it takes time to settle into a country and feel comfortable. And of course, if a woman migrated due to her partner's new employment in the host country, it's understandable that they'll be unable to find employment immediately since these women are preoccupied with maintaining different roles like looking after the children and the new household. Um, I also have aunts that have migrated to the UK as their partners came to work here and it took them some time before they began working due to the reasons I've stated above. So I have another question for you. What did you find out about family refugee migration? Um, I found that family refugee migration is described by Diagrove et al. as families who have migrated or are seeking asylum in other countries since it's no longer safe to continue residing in a place due to war, political issues and terrorism. From Amnesty International, I found that these migrants or refugees tended to move to the countries with thriving economies because of their poor factors of education and healthcare and leave their home countries due to push factors of war and terrorism. And Holds found that children, teenagers and their parents made up 50,000 refugees that were in London, which is a large number. That sounds like a really scary experience for these refugees. Yeah, it is, as the most upsetting thing is, is that these migrants are really traumatised from what they've witnessed, and because of this, they struggle to integrate into a country. From my personal experience, as I know some people that were refugees, I found that they're viewed as a threat, 
and uneducated and like a burden to society of course this is really disheartening to me because they're going through such extreme hardships since migrating to another place is already a very scary process especially if you're a child and obviously they don't speak the language and are suffering from trauma so of course they won't be ready to fully integrate and socialize oh yeah that's something that i looked into as well how different families have different reasons as to why they migrate as naima mentioned some families migrate because they are refugees because of conflict and therefore have different experiences um how did women adapt to migration and how did it impact them so women and women and girls are also forced can be forced migrant migrants leaving the countries in order to flee conflict persecution envi- environmental degrade- degradation natural disasters or other situations that affect the security and livelihood or habitat so that means that they don't have more choice but they have to move out of the country because of um unexpected reasons therefore the social roles that women play the independence decision making abilities the access to resources and the degree of gender stratification that exists in both the countries of origin and destination all influence the participation of women in migration when women's political and social and economic aspiration cannot be met in their home countries gender inequalities can be significant factor driving migration for women migration out outcomes differ depending on whether the journey is voluntary or forced and whether or not it is legal or not legal for them to to be in that country the result of the world survey allows for some generalization regarding the reasons for uh, for and effects of f- female migration according to the world survey on the role of women and women in development the migration of women has always been an important component of international migration and according to statistics from the united nations population division women and girls made up made up 49% of all international migrate migrants as of 2000 while in more developed regions their percentage had risen to 51% women frequently travel abroad legally to marry foreign partners or to be dependent from members of the other migrants now female migrants however increasingly part of flows of migrant workers moving on their own to become the principal wage earners for their families uh, for both women and men the economic and political context of the country of origin conditions how migration decisions are made and how migration occurs when practices or policies in countries of origin discriminate against women for instance limiting their access to resources or educational opportunities or by hindering the political participation the capacity of women to participate fully in society and contribute to it is reduced for example rad radcliffe examines the way in which national identity is fortified through specific practices of incorporate incorporation and marginalization directed at migrant women who work as domestic servant servants in urban peru she details the process that make um rural urban migrant women as different from privileged normal privileged women in terms of um how they are and what they do she explores in which ways um the migrant women who cook clean and look after children and therefore it's quite different to the one to who two women who live in the country that they ha- that they have migrated to therefore women expectations and experience are different the increasing ability to earn an independent living and the capacity to adapt to societal change for example my grandma she had moved from bangladesh to the uk and when she had moved she did not expect her life to change like how it did she didn't have expect that she would have to do the work herself all the housework and domestic work um 
moving back home she had workers who had the roles to do all of this but now she it was all placed upon her so this shows that how not everything might change for the better when you move to a migrant country just because of your social position so Mahima uh, my grandma had been through these experiences. Your granddad had similar experiences, didn't he? Yeah, he actually did. So migration has uh, shaped our life really like massively. So um, my granddad migrated to the UK illegally um, via a cargo boat in the 60s in order to make money and send over money to Bangladesh. Um, that's where my family is from. Um, he had his wife and six children there. My granddad actually did work really hard and every month he would send 90% of his earnings um, back home to ensure that his family had enough and was able to afford a roof over their head. Um, it just relates to a source that I found actually when I was researching that um, a article by Nis Cannon Center, um, he wrote an article about overview of family-based immigration and the effects of limiting chain migration. My granddad came here illegally and he um, obviously didn't have any education to his name but now there is an increasing interest in transitioning our family-based immigration system to a merits-based system. Prioritizes accepted immigrants with specific skills rather than family ties. So even if my granddad did try to come here legally, um, he won't be able to as he didn't have any skills that would have um, obviously benefited the UK system. Well, nothing by paper anyway. Um, he's got soft skills such as doing farming and working with animals and you know breeding animals but obviously here they needed they wanted education uh, whereas my granddad didn't have so it just goes to show that my granddad did come here um, at a time of difficulty where he had to get accepted into a society where he wasn't even wanted um, so yeah the whites did take advantage of people who traveled from third world countries such as my granddad and they did pay them little to nothing and exploited them um, However, my granddad had no choice but to confirm to them because he needed the money. Um, so yeah, I do understand that my life would have been substantially different if it weren't for my granddad migrating here in the 60s. Um, and after that, my dad soon came over as well um, to obviously give us a better life as well. He thought about the future and us, me and my siblings. And yeah, I can safely say that I've got a good life now because of my family's experience. So my dad did come here um, when he was about six or seven years old, so he did work in the market with my dad. Oh, really? At six years old? Yeah, it was actually at six years old. I know it's really young. Like us, when we were six years old, we were probably playing in the playground or the park. Yeah. So um, it just goes to show like they went to lengths to make their family life easier. Um, and my dad's sisters and, and his mum, they actually had a much easier life here. Um, there were housewives and you know sisters that work in the house can't really say house sisters now yeah. but um, yeah like they had the means of relaxing and having a comfortable life because their brothers and dad went to work mm -hmm. um, he did used to work long hours get paid near to nothing but times were tough um, and it had to be done so as he was second generation um, he had a lot of responsibilities as the responsibility of him having to learn English was upon him as well. Um, obviously my granddad, he came here when he was quite old in the 60s as well where he wasn't really accepted so he couldn't really go out and learn English. Um, and then obviously he married, my dad married my mum like late 90s and then she was educated, she had a good life. She was born back home but she was born, she was bred here. I mean, um, so yeah, she's got good education whereas compared to my dad, he's known what like 
like hardship is in life. Yeah. I'm not saying that my mum doesn't. I mean, she's had a long journey of education, just mm-hmm. like us, to be honest. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's it's been a long journey, but we are here because of our parents' hardship and trials and tribulations in life. So, how has um, migration changed your family culturally? Um, so I've always actually struggled to find a balance between both cultures um, because obviously we grew up in a 20th century generation where we were so focused on English and my parents were so focused on us being more of the outside and westernised side rather than being uneducated. So um, it was hard balancing them and acknowledging my um, you know, mother tongue but in the end, we got there. Uh, I have grandparents obviously here as well. So with them, because they didn't speak English, I had to like listen to them and, to be honest, just made out what they said. Um, but yeah, so my parents, they both speak fluent Bengali. But with me and my siblings, well, I can speak it. It's not that bad. Um, but my brothers, they can't speak it at all because my parents were so focused on them nailing their um, English skills so obviously i've touched a bit of base about education so tasnima do you think education has important pull factors on family migration trends family migration is a term used to explain the international movement of individuals who migrate due to family ties the push and pull model aims to provide an explanation for the migration phenomena pull factors refer to factors which attract migrants to a specific country or an area and has a great influence on migration Education is one important pull factor, particularly for families with children. Many countries have excellent educational systems. For example, in the UK, it is legally required for children to attend primary and secondary education. For many, for many families, this is appealing as it means that their children will get an education that is funded by the government. As well as in the UK, education is of better quality than, um, than that of countries where there is a lack of resources, materials and funding this is why education may be an important pull factor in family migration as families migrate due to wanting a better education for their children to be able to gain qualifications that enables them to work in better paid jobs Um, according to the office for national statistics approximately 17 percent of children in state-funded schools were born outside the uk this suggests the possibility of family migrating being due to families wanting better education and opportunities. Um, what other factors do you think is important in explaining family migration? The poor factors that attract migrants to other countries are the availability of job opportunities, better healthcare services and state benefits. All these factors contribute to explaining family migration patterns. I don't think there is one lone factor that explains migration as many people migrate for different reasons. For example, families may move in search for better economic opportunities or for wanting to be closer to family members. There are many pull factors that make a host country attractive for immigrants. The World Migration Report states that the number of international migrants has been rising from 173 million in 2000 to 281 million in 2020. Family migration is a driver of overall migration and the decision to migrate is motivated by the desire to improve the well-being of family members. What you said was really interesting to hear, especially because you expanded on my brief discussion on pull factors of family migration being education. 
This is because the refugees that I said I know are my friends, and they also said that they heard the UK has a good and free education system, which was one of the main reasons their parents wanted to seek refuge here, so their children could access this. So it was really intriguing to hear what you spoke about, since I personally know refugees that came to the UK for the education system. We've got to the end of our podcast now, so thank you for listening to what we had to say and what we each contributed to the topic on family migration, and we hope you enjoyed listening to it. Thank you, bye!